great to see everyone here. Hey guys, this is gonna go uh, super, super fast. One of the things we're learning, and you guys have probably noticed this too, is that there is a lot of uh, Zoom, Zoom fatigue right now. We have a lot of our folks that uh, are working from home, so their whole day is Zoom. And so uh, what we've decided to do for today is to, uh, to, to pack this in. It's gonna be 45 minutes of lots of ideas that we're gonna throw at you. And um, these are gonna be best practices there's going to be a running clock to sort of keep us honest. And at the end, we'll try to do a, a quick Q and a, uh, but what you should know is we've attached a document and I will, I will reattach it at the end in case uh, folks came late. It's a 54 page doc that is going to have some of the things that we're referencing. Um, and this is so if you want to dig deeper on some of the things that we're talking about, uh, I encourage you uh, to check it out. Also our contact info is on there. And so if there's an idea, that you want more information on, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And let me say this too, this is really best practices. You're gonna hear probably a lot of things today that you're already doing, probably doing better than we are. And uh, the way I'm approaching this, and I think a, a smart way to approach this is, we've got 45 minutes and maybe the idea is simply to find like, what are one or two ideas from today's call that can either um, enhance what you're already doing or maybe there's something that sparks um, a process that, that kicks off today where you begin to like rethink everything. And so our, our goal is really to, to uh, kind of dip into creativity, to hear from each other. And there will be more uh, of these to come. Uh, one of the things you're going to hear about today is the idea of every church is a relaunch. And we're talking about doing another synergy uh, two weeks from now where we just talk about that and talk about like, what does it look like? for a church to, to relaunch and how do we leverage that uh, to get as much uh, a benefit as possible uh, from that. So with that, I'm gonna jump in and just give you a few things uh, from our church, Point Community Church Somerset that we've done. And uh, again, this is in the document as well. Um, and uh, kind of in, in categories, first off, you're all probably seeing that uh, connection is really, really important right now. Like how do we connect with um, our church members? And I know, you're going to hear from a couple other folks that are doing this really, really well. Uh, just, I'll give you a couple of things that we're doing. Uh, one thing we do is we, once a week we do a game night for um, our church. And um, being an old youth, an old youth minister, and I mean like literally being an old youth minister, I uh, I went back to Doug Field's uh, website for some ideas on that, and the link is in the in the document. Download youth ministry right now. He's offering a free gold membership for. Uh, the next 60 days and his stuff, uh, he gives you a free software called a uh, sidekick that is fantastic for uh, zooms. And um, what you can do, I'm going to actually share, share a screen and show you a little bit of what you can do. Um, you'll see there's a countdown clock right there that we're going to, that we're going to use in a second. Um, there are lots of, lots of games that it actually comes with. Uh, you can do prizes. Let me give you a couple examples of uh, some of the games you can do with Doug Field's stuff. He does a um, a home hunt game where uh, you literally get everybody in front of the screen. You spin the wheel. All right, so the first person to come and grab a toilet seat <laughs> and bring it or bring your computer to the toilet seat. Uh, they, they get points for that. So we've played a, ga a game like that. Uh, this is all very, very uh, quick type deals that take literally 15 or 20 minutes to do. And it's been a great way for our church just to 
connect with each other on a, on a, um, on a personal basis. And so again, um, that's uh, Doug Fields uh, download youth ministry.com has been incredibly helpful. Um, another one is kahoot.com. If you're not familiar with kahoot, I guarantee you your kids are because schools use it all the time. You can also sign up for a free trial with that. It's basically like a trivia, a trivia game, uh, uh, that your whole family, the whole families can uh, play along. And then the two other ones are uh, Quiplash and Drawful, which are um, the You Don't Know Jack games. They're $5 each. And each household calls in with one device. And uh, they, the first eight actually play as contestants. Everybody that comes on after that is an audience member. So again, that's just a really quick idea. If you're looking for ways to connect with your church during this time, we do that once a week on, on a Monday night. Um, Another, another thing that we do to connect is we call it an all-call Zoom. So every two weeks, we're doing um, an all-call where we invite the entire church uh, to get onto Zoom for a point of connection. They bring one thing they want to celebrate and one thing that has been a challenge or a prayer request. And so this is a way for us that we can find out needs in the church. Maybe somebody's lost their job. Maybe somebody is sick. It's just a kind of a point of reference to make sure that we're all uh, staying connected as best we can. Okay. Um, so probably all or most of you are using Zoom to some degree uh, for a lot of your meetings. And uh, just a, a few tri uh, tricks and tips if you haven't heard these. One, uh, the premium features of Zoom have breakout rooms for larger groups. So if you're doing something with a, a group of, say, 20 people with a premium version, you can actually manually people into smaller rooms for prayer and then bring them back together um, for a time at the at the end where you just uh, uh, can kind of debrief and so again there's tutorials online on, on how to do that but that can be really helpful also just if you if you haven't heard this there are uh, hackers out right now that are getting into a lot of zoom calls and so um, it's probably wise to use the waiting room feature where you can actually admit people into the room or pr password protect your calls. And uh, this way it just kind of keeps uh, your meeting from getting hijacked by uh, in a bad way. Um, on any call of over five people, you can actually check the box um, that people are muted upon entering. Um, because again, it, it doesn't take a lot for there to be ambient noise and it can ruin, uh, ruin the entire thing. Um, if you forget to check the box, you can just say, hey, if you don't mind, uh, check, click mute. And then when you want to talk, be sure to, you know, uh, click unmute. That way we hear you and you're not talking uh, just into your computer. The other thing we've noticed, and again, this is probably, uh, you're probably all noticing this as well, go, tend to go shorter than you think um, on, on your calls because people do have Zoom fatigue. Our church um, keeps the vast majority of our Zoom calls to under 30 minutes so that people uh, don't get to the point of just uh, frustration. You want to leave your folks wanting more, not less. Um, just a few tips on, on how to use Zoom. Community group ideas or small group ideas. Zoom has been great for us for uh, small groups. Um, I think all of our small groups are using Zoom and still meeting. And if you're not familiar with this, um, uh, Zoom does video very well. And there are a couple of, um, there are a couple of uh, resources that I wanted to recommend to you. Let me um, see if I can find it real quick. Um, for example, we use a thing called um, Bi the Bible Project. 
which is a, um, it's put out by a guy by the name of Tim Mackey. And so in the Bible, the ideas of heaven and earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space. All right. Sorry about that. Um, this is like, a, a, you can actually share, you can share the screen and show a video and then uh, actually go through the discussion questions. So the two of the ones that have been helpful for us are by uh, the bibleproject.com with Tim Mackey. And then um, the other one is rightnowmedia.org, which has also been a, a great resource with like literally hundreds of different Bible studies with short videos as well as discussion questions. And so that's been good for our community groups to do uh, kind of a, a video and then they do discussion ba uh, based off that video uh, for a few minutes afterwards. So that's what we're doing for small groups. As far as uh, worship service ideas, um, we said that since our new reality is not gonna change soon, we, we actually said it's worth investing a little bit of effort into good sound and good lighting. Um, and I, there are a lot of different ways to do that. It's beyond the scope of this call, but there's some links in there um, in, in the document of uh, some sound equipment that might be helpful to make sure that when people are logging onto your worship service that they hear you well. Uh, because again, I don't know about you guys, but we're finding that uh, as, as hard as it is to do worship services on Facebook Live, we are reaching people that we never would have reached before uh, with, with the gospel. Uh, literally, we've had people in Africa and Indonesia and Europe, as well as friends and family. And we've had people reach out and say, hey, I don't know if you're going to keep doing this after this is over, but like my aunt is listening now and she's never, she hasn't been to church in years. And so we're going to have that conversation too of like, what does it look like after we get back uh, to meeting physically uh, to continue to get the word out as best we can. Um, as far as community service ideas, what we're doing is we're trying to give everyone a way to participate, even the vulnerable. Like I think I, we made the mistake on the front end of our community service being things like delivering groceries uh, to, to people, which sounds great, except a lot of your church members are living with someone that is vulnerable or they're vulnerable themselves. And so they want to help, but they also don't want to be exposed. And so we had to adjust over time and try to think of like ways to connect people that maybe don't have as many resources or don't want to expose themselves. And so they can do this by um, uh, putting together care packages for uh, uh, frontline workers. They can put, um, we're doing in our church what we're calling the one box challenge. And so we're just saying uh, to every church member, if they're able, every time you go grocery shopping, get about 25 to $30 extra of food, um, put it in a box, put it on your front porch, and we will have somebody drive and pick it up and get it into uh, the hands of a family uh, that needs it. And as you can imagine, the needs far outweigh what we're able to keep up with. Um, but it's been a good way for our people to get involved and actually uh, contribute and, and be a blessing. We've already had, we've been doing it for a couple weeks now, and I've already seen God just do some uh, pretty amazing things with it. Uh, people have been very, very touched, and um, the needs are, again, they're overwhelming, but um, however we can help, uh, we want to do our best to help them as well. And then uh, the other thing that we did was um, we're saving money on rent right now because we're not meeting physically, and so as a church, we just said, you know what, we, even though there's a temptation to go, cool, we can save some money right now with, uh, with rent, 
we have a chance to model as a church generosity. And so we've uh, donated the money that would have gone toward our rent uh, to the local food bank, uh, again, to help as many people um, in, in need as possible. And so that's just uh, some of the ways that we're helping when it comes to uh, community service. So that's, uh, that's a lot in 10 minutes. Again, like all the stuff is in the document, but um, that kind of kicks us off. And with that, I'm going to kick us over to uh, Larry Mayberry. So Larry, if you don't mind, um, uh, get us started with your uh, best practices. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, I know all of you know this feeling now, but talking on a Zoom call with more than like five people is the worst way to communicate in the history of mankind, because I just see all your faces with no responses. But um, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll give you a couple of things that we've been doing. I'm in Woodside, um, Queens at Queens Church. The first thing that um, we tried to do right off the bat, which has really helped us um, not feel so scattered, is to um, focus. So we tried to focus on three things, um, worship, groups, and uh, loving our neighborhood well. Uh, those things come naturally to us, you know, because they're natural rhythms of our church, but we basically just cut out everything else and um, put all of our energy into that. Uh, I don't know if you saw the meme going around that was like the pastors trying to figure out why uh, the church is closed, they can't interact with any people, and they're doing more work than they ever have before. Um, but I definitely could relate to that, especially in the beginning. Um, with small kids, it was hard to like turn work on and off, and I would be 8, 9, 10 p.m. still trying to do stuff, especially with people calling about their family being sick and some people dying and um, doing funerals and stuff. So focusing has been really helpful for us, worship groups and uh, showing the love of God. If you're interested in how we do each of those, I can tell you, just chat me. Um, but I'll focus on a couple things that Tim didn't mention that we've been able to use. Um, our kids ministry going online has been challenging. I don't know how you guys have experienced that, but um, the best thing, the best practice we've had for kids ministry so far is a Facebook page for our kids ministry that our director made. And she's posting content on there regularly probably more than an average kids director could because she's just a go-getter, but she posts every single day a worship song for the day and a little Bible lesson for the day that she gets on YouTube. Um, but our kids, uh, I have four, they have loved, you know, like getting after dinner, they sit down by the computer and I pull up the kids' Facebook page and they all do it together. Uh, so that's been really helpful for us to engage children. So if you're struggling with that, um, you may think of something like that or reach out and I can let you know how we do it. Um, another thing that was a struggle for us in the beginning was making the church online feel like more than just you seeing me and seeing our worship leaders. Because when you're at church physically, you get to see everyone. And, you know, we would have scripture readers on stage and especially um, in our neighborhood where it's a very diverse congregation and, and we have a, a big generational diversity as well. So, but it was all just like me, a 30 three-year-old white guy on screen the whole time. So how do, you, how do you make sure that people get to see what your church is really like? Uh, so one way that we've um, been able to do this is through um, recording an interview that plays before the church service starts. And since he's on this call, I'm going to give credit. I totally stole this um, from Danny Torres at Swerve Church. He was on here. Oh yeah, there he is. He's on there. I stole this from you, Danny, and I didn't even give you, I didn't even tell you I stole it, but uh, now you know. Um, I saw him do it, and I was like, that's, that's genius. So what we do is we just, um, 
you can do it on Zoom and just hit the record button and then play it before your service. Or we have found a better platform for us. It's called BeLive.tv. BeLive.tv. I'll put it in the chat right now. Um, but if you go to BeLive.tv, you can do a little interview setup and you can invite your guests. They can be on their phone. You have to be on a laptop or a computer. But it's been really fun for people. We just ask questions like, hey, what's your favorite snack been through quarantine? Um, how are you doing? You know, can we pray for you? And it just enables people to be able to see more interactions. And I have not been doing those interviews. We've been having those interviews being done by someone else in our church. It's the person who's usually on the greeting team. So um, that's a way to get other people on screen instead of just the pastor and the worship team. Um, and then uh, the, the other thing that has been really helpful for us for practices is um, delegating to our leaders for pastoral care. So basically, uh, we're, we're a church plant, so we don't have elders or deacons yet. I know a lot of you, you know, you may not, this may be your regular practice already. But so for us, fast forwarding into the place where we have to be checking in on people, you know, every single week, uh, immediately part of that focus that we did at the beginning was to say, okay, we have seven people who we feel like are really good at, you know, at pastoral care. They, 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 could, they can show care for people. They're comfortable praying with someone on the phone and they can direct a person where they need to go. So what we did was um, we just divided up every single person in our database um, and we gave everybody, I think everyone has eight or nine people and it's their job to um, text or call all of the people on their list at least once a week. And this has been the most amazing thing of the whole process for us. Um, people are connecting um, over the phone and over text message about different things not relating to COVID, they're becoming friends. Um, and it's been something that's been really helpful for us. So I really encourage you, if, if, you don't, if you are the one reaching out to everyone in your church or to as many people as you can think of right now, I encourage you to like today, make a list of some other people who can do that and then empower them to do it. You may even just say like, hey, here's a sample text, here's a sample phone call. Um, but it will not only give that person something that's really meaningful and purposeful to do and help them step out in faith and courage to do it, but also the people who, who are recipients um, are really benefiting from it as well. And so then what I've done is those seven people, that's my group. So I am texting them and calling them, each of them individually, and also in group communication every single week to check on how they're doing. I mean, I know like Zoom fatigue, like you said, like a lot of them I see all the time on Zoom anyway, but I'm still doing it, you know, sending them a text, making sure I'm checking in with them. Um, and then we're getting together on Zoom once every two weeks just to do a running prayer list. But so delegating to leaders for care. Um, and then I'll close just by saying, uh, we have this phrase at our church, some of you, you know, who have worked with us before, um, you've heard us say this, but uh, it becomes even more important in times like this. Um, so we just continue to say to our people that right now we are prioritizing people over projects. Um, I feel like we can, we can get caught up in all the projects that we could do because we want to try to, you know, feed people and want to try to um, make sure that um, this is happening and that's happening. But instead, I just encourage all of us and I encourage myself right now, like we just need to prioritize our people right now. Forget the projects. Um, all of the people that we're interacting with, they, you know, they want a pastor who loves them, who listens to them, and they want to know that their church is somewhere that provides hope and encouragement for them in this time. And so um, 
I encourage us to be, you know, analyzing facts and all that. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to love the people that are in front of us. Um, and uh, if there's projects that can be done where the where that happens as well, then that's good. Um, but if not, then just spend all your time prioritizing people. Uh, that's all I got. I'll give you back a couple minutes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Um, good questions coming in. Keep keep them coming. I'll, I'll uh, do one one question that I'd actually forgotten to mention that I think is important. Somebody was asking about um, sermon length on uh, Facebook Live, and um, just and again, I know people are going to have different preferences on this. Our philosophy has been to go way shorter, again, because of attention spans. Uh, so whereas before we were doing 40, 45 minute messages, we're down to about 20 minutes now. And the, the other thing that you can do with that is add interaction, interaction with when possible. So like for Good Friday, uh, we were doing a, 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 a sermon on lament. And so we actually had people put into the chat uh, their prayers of lament of how they're feeling about COVID. And um, couple things it does. One, it gets them involved and interactive, so it keeps their attention. And two, every time somebody puts something in a chat, um, it actually allows other people to see what's going on too. So it's great from a sharing perspective of other people seeing what's going on in your church. And then the last thing I'd say on this is that Facebook analytics can help you a lot on this. You can actually look and find out when people drop you. Like at what point in the sermon did you totally lose them? Facebook analytics, if you can handle it, will tell you. And that might actually uh, give you a good idea of like, okay, we might need to shorten the sermon a little bit or, or refine. So um, I thought that was a, a good question. Great. Thank you, Larry. We are going to move now to uh, Michael. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to you. I think I'm muted now. Can everybody hear me? Fantastic. Well, first, I want to say I, I've already learned so much just in a few minutes from the both of you guys. Uh, I appreciate all the work uh, that you guys put in, not only in your own churches, but serving the other pastors. I know that this came, this forced change in a lot of our churches, and we learned some things right away. I think to what you just said, Tim, you know, I'm a traditionally a 45 to 50 minute um, expository preacher. And, you know, I'm officially down to 40 minutes, trying to get down to 32 to 36, uh, you know, trying not to change who God made me to be as a preacher of his word, while at the same time recognizing uh, the medium is different than I'm communicating the message. So uh, that's for, for me as a preacher and some of you guys as, as Bible preachers, whatever your style is, um, the first thing I really say to you guys is don't get lost um, who, who God made you to be is who he made you to be. Now, that doesn't mean you don't make changes and you're not tweaking constantly so you're more effective. But, if, you know, if you're a 50-minute expository preacher um, trying to, to hit a 20-minute message the next week, maybe like pulling the emergency brake on if you're going 80 miles an hour, so whatever changes you're going to make to be more effective, do it in stages. You know, find someone you trust to give you some honest feedback who can say to you, Pastor, um, that was much shorter, but I have no idea what the point was. Or that was really a good point, but you really stretched it out too far. So get some good feedback from some men and women that you trust. Um, another thing we learned right away 
is we stopped trying to live stream. Um, we actually felt like in the beginning we were cheating our people if this service wasn't live. And after a few technical difficulty moments, which caused heart attacks, um, I had a full head of hair for COVID-19. Um, two weeks in, I lost it all. Uh, I look like Larry Mayberry. I was almost as good looking as Larry. Um, and, and now it's a total disaster. So what we started doing was we have uh, someone who is an extraordinary editor named Grace Harris, who is on this Zoom call, who's been a real blessing to us. And we started recording different parts of our service, um, even at different times. So our worship team came in and we shrank our worship songs from four service down to two. And they came in for three hours and recorded eight songs. Uh, number one, if you're gonna have your worship team do that, make sure you tell them to bring a few changes of clothes. We made that mistake and our worship team wore the same outfit for four weeks in a row. Uh, it looked kind of weird, but you know, they recorded some songs in chunks um, and then I would record my message and the closing announcements at the same time. And then we, you know, our hope is to have them done by Tuesday. This week, we're late. This week, I'm gonna have my stuff by Thursday. This way we're edited and we're preloaded. Um, we use Boxcaster, so it pushes it out to our website, our YouTube, and our Facebook Live. And then how we kind of maintain that energy and that engagement is um, our associate pastor will MC um, the services online like they're live. So I'll create moments of interaction in the sermon like this um, this week for Mother's Day. We're gonna have a moment where I'm gonna ask everyone to tag their mothers um, on, so they can tag them on the page and then hashtag thanks mom. You know, so thank their mom. Everyone will be doing that. And for those few minutes, I'll have everyone's attention again before the dog needs to go out and the coffee is made and the kids interrupt. So I tend to think every seven to eight minutes, I have to re-engage their attention, either by a funny story or talking directly to someone or asking them to comment. Uh, so we've been, we've been doing that a little bit. Um, you know, like, like Larry, we've kind of simplified what we do. You can't do everything right now. You have to, I'd rather do three or four things really well than 10 things mediocre. So number one, we, every week we are trying to do something better for our Sunday worship service online. Every week, we try to make one small improvement. You know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. You don't have to fix everything that went wrong tomorrow. Just fix one thing that went wrong. We're gonna be like this for a while. By the time this is over, we will all be experts at this. Number two, um, we, we are pushing our groups, even though people are getting Zoom fatigue and screen fatigue, we are trying to shorten the groups, but keep our groups active. Um, and one of the things I, I really have found is that even though people are getting screen fatigue, they really need you guys and, and us as leaders to keep them engaged on some level Monday through Saturday, not just Sunday morning. They really need little, you know, touch bases, whether it's a five minute video from someone in the church who can give a testimony or talk about their favorite verse. Groups, we have mentor groups that are meeting. Um, but one of the things we found, and we kind of stumbled onto this, like this is like 
nothing that was a huge plan. We weren't being highly strategic or intentional. Um, we've done two things that have really been good and they're highly informal. And forgive me if they're not extremely spiritual, um, but people are stressed out. I mean, they really, any crack in a marriage now is the Grand Canyon. You know, your, your kids and your character flaws are on full display and you can't get away from each other. Everyone's a homeschool parent. Like, it, there's a lot of stress going on. Everyone in our church knows at least one person who had COVID, and most likely they know somebody personally or someone who knows somebody personally who passed away. And they're tired of watching Cuomo, and they're tired of watching Trump, and they're tired of all the news they're getting and vaccines, and they're bugging. So what we did, we started something called Cornerstone News at Nine. And it's on Facebook. It's Facebook Live. My wife and I just take our iPhone, put it on a stand at our, our island in our kitchen. And we just started hanging out for like a half hour, 9 to 9.30, sometimes it's 9.45. And it's totally informal. So people could jump on late. They can leave early. My wife and I are spending all day prepping for this. Um, and what we do is we use it as a platform to, number one, give some information on how to get involved in groups, mentorships, if someone needs prayer or food delivered. Um, but in between all that, that stuff, we're just doing stupid things. We're doing like karaoke. Um, we ask people to text us videos or Facebook message us videos. Um, we had Cornerstone Got Talent Week. Um, we, we do all, we had Superhero Week. I was Captain Spaghetti and Meatballs, um, which was not my finer moment. Unfortunately, that now will live forever digitally. Uh, but people were dressing up as their favorite superheroes, dressing up their kids, sending us videos. This week is comedy week. So people are, t are sending us videos and jokes and, and people are just laughing. Like they're ending their nights just laughing. And it's Monday through Friday. I'm going to tell you now that I could start to become a grind. My wife and I have had to cancel a few times. Uh, but people miss it when we don't do it. Uh, and that, and then the second thing, I don't know where you guys stand when it comes to video games, um, but for some of the men of the church that love video games, we've started little Xbox leagues. We started up a little Discord server and, you know, little Madden leagues. And so we get together, we make fun of each other, we talk trash, um, and we feel normal for like a half hour. Um, so that's just some of what we're doing. None of it's perfect. I hope that. Of all that, maybe you guys picked up one thing that you can do. Uh, but, you know, if I could leave you one thought, it doesn't always have to be formal. And sometimes something that doesn't appear spiritual on the front end can really serve a spiritual purpose on the back end. Sometimes people just need to hang out with you in your kitchen and have you not quoting the Bible nonstop or, you know, sometimes they just need to to get to know you as their leaders and laugh with you. So hopefully that helps. That's great, Michael. Thank you. That's really helpful. Good stuff. All right. We're going to uh, close out with uh, Thomas Wong. Thomas, go for it. Hey guys, thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, inviting me to this conversation. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick up where Larry left off because I thought that was actually really huge. And that is, I think, trying to pastor your congregation 
during this time is probably really, really exhausting. And I don't know how you guys feel, but um, trying to chase people down and trying to help people connect that are kind of just either isolating themselves or kind of drifting to the margins is not only difficult, I think it's very, very emotionally exhausting, um, particularly when you're the only one doing it. And so I loved what Larry had to say. That's actually one of the things that we did early on, which is uh, I took the, the database of our membership, people that we actually had contact info for, and we divided it up according to the number of our ministry leaders. And uh, the, the simple act there was just like every week, I'm asking you as a ministry leader to touch base with this group of people. And so every ministry leader has about eight to 10 people that they're staying in touch with either by text or email and just saying, Hey, you know, join us when you can. But even if you can't join us for our worship service on Sunday or our zoom meeting or our prayer meetings, somebody's reaching out to them because um, an individual pastor trying to make sure that they're, staying connected with 60, 80, hundred people is just really, really exhausting. And I'm sure you guys feel it as well. Um, you know, being isolated and not having the kind of life giving uh, experiences that most of us enjoyed before COVID-19. Um, I mean, I think all of us are feeling emotionally burnt out as well. You know, I think um, if we're honest, you know, our ups and downs are not from week to week anymore. They're not even from day to day. They're really from moment to moment. <laughs> you know, you could be emotionally excited one, you know, in the morning and by, by the middle of the afternoon, you're kind of like down in the pits. And I think, um, you know, maintaining our own uh, emotional wellness is not only challenging, but I think one of the ways that we can uh, mitigate against being too overwhelmed is just having, uh, sharing that ministry burden with our ministry leaders. And if you have people that you can uh, give that off to, I think it also helps actually the church to be the church, uh, as opposed to the church simply being perceived as it's the pastor's job to, to lead the church. Um, a few other things that I found that have been uh, life-giving for me during the season um, that you know we've been trying to do as a church is... Um, Whenever we gather, I mean, you know, early on, it, probably everybody's conversations on Zoom really f focused around, you know, all of the death and devastation and, and loneliness. Um, but one of the things that we're trying to move people more towards is just share what are some of the life-giving things that you're doing or that, you're, you know, that you've done or that you're going to do today or that you're going to do this week. So that our conversations aren't always just dominated by either sad news or uh, heartbreaking news. Um, but how are we experiencing joy? Um, what are the things that we're going to do? And I think that changes conversation from not just being sorely or solely focused on lament, um, but also just being able to share some joy with each other about things that we're gonna do to give ourselves life and um, our group conversation and Zoom kind of like, um, uh, you know, what the last person that just shared was like, hey, let's, let's have some fun. Let's not make it all just be about spiritual things. I think some of the most life-giving things that we enjoy in relationships don't have to necessarily be quote-unquote spiritualized, but they can just really be life on life where we have honest moments with one another. Um, uh, the other thing that I've been doing that I, um, I feel like this gives us a real opportunity that I didn't quite have before uh, life came to a halt is really the discipleship component that, you know, we all as pastors want 
to be involved in. And when we, when we know like the greatest calling and burden of the church is to make disciples, but when we're running uh, in so many different directions uh, at the pace of life that, you know, we and our people live at, disciple making actually has been a really difficult thing to do. Uh, and what I've found with people really coming to, they have a lot more discretionary time now than they have, have had. Yes, they're getting tired of Zoom meetings and so on. I think we all do. But I found that there are a number of people in my congregation that have been more available for uh, discipleship than ever before. And so one of the things that I've been doing is I, I meet up with four college students and graduate students every Sunday afternoon for about an hour and a half. And I've been taking them through our uh, send network multiplication pipeline. And so if some of you guys are church planters um, or you're taking somebody through church planting, you're mentoring them, uh, you might be familiar with that. If not, um, you know, talk to Tim or, or uh, George after this and they can uh, connect you maybe with that resource. But the Send Network, you know, has this multiplication pipeline. And what I discovered was while it was really, really difficult to take anybody through that because the material is so robust, uh, and so thorough, most people didn't have the time or the energy, you know, when they got done with school at the end of the day or got home from work at the end of the day, they were usually too exhausted. But what I've been able to do actually is go through um, a lot of material with my college and graduate students. So I'm taking four people through that now. I've got another four that's waiting for me to take them to begin their process. And, and my hope is that when we're done with this, I'm actually going to have, you know, about eight people that are much further down the, the line of being both better discipled, but also equipped for ministry. Um, and so one of the things I've been found, I've found been life-giving for me is not just figuring out how to survive and, and pastor in this moment, but what am I setting our church up for when, you know, September comes or when January comes. My, 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 my greatest burden right now is, you know, what are the things that needs to be purified in the life of our church for us to actually be more um, attuned and, um, and, and more um, committed to the, uh, the, the process of disciple making. So I feel like, you know, while uh, things are not what we would want it to be, I feel like one of the um, unintended uh, consequences is that I actually have the ability to make disciples that I didn't have before. Uh, and there are more people that are ready and willing to do this. Um, some of the things, uh, you know, I threw to Tim on that list, things that you can go, go to that will help kind of keep you uh, in touch, kind of uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on. I feel like Tom Rayner puts out stuff like every day. Uh, not all of his stuff is helpful, but a, a lot of it is insightful. And so if you aren't connected to his, uh, you know, daily uh, email distribution list, you should sign up for that go through it very quickly and you'll always probably pick up something uh, that will be a, a practical insight for you for this week or for what you're looking forward to when we reopen. Um, another source that I, I thought was really helpful and I already started doing this before COVID-19 hit was using uh, Oxano ministry, uh, Will Mancini's uh, ministry is a great resource for just kind of mapping out the future of your church. And so even before COVID-19 hit, I was already in the process of, beginning to map out like what is the next 20 years going to look like, right? What's the next 20 years from 2020 to 2040? And he's giving like these really 
um, uh, a phenomenal presentation of just the movements of uh, the history of the church in America. And he was like, look, here are some of the things that we need to consider of what the church is going to be for the next 20 years. Um, and so I've been really just trying to focus my mind on that and thinking about, okay, what, what are the movements that we need to make uh, in order to set the church up to really be effective in the process of making disciples. I think if you go to his site, you'll find some really uh, insightful, encouraging things. I, I know I'm kind of talking a little bit differently than what some of you guys have shared, and I don't know if this is helpful or not, so my apologies if it isn't. Um, let me get back to some of the nuts and bolts that were shared earlier. Um, some of the things that we've been doing on a weekly basis is we've asked people to send in selfies uh, of when they're worshiping together on Sunday so that we can create like a video montage. Um, I feel like if when people sign in and all they're seeing is me and my face for a service on Sunday, uh, that's going to get old really fast. And so one of the ways that we've tried to help people have a visual connection with one another is we're like, hey, you know, send us your, your, your selfies of your, yourself worshiping or things that you're doing during the week. And so when we do our live countdown uh, before service begins on Sunday, we're actually doing like a, vi a video montage of what you know, people are, how they're worshiping or what they're doing during the week so that there's a, there's a relational touch point that people can have visually. Uh, we've also are, have been making videos. We did a reverse egg hunt where we went and dropped off the eggs, uh, you know, that we would use for egg hunts at all of the families that wanted to participate. Uh, we asked them to send photos and videos, and then we create a video montage of that. Uh, we did another video where we asked the kids, hey, you know, what's been the hardest thing about this quarantine? What's, you know, uh, what's the, you know, the most fun that you've had and what are you looking forward to? And then we create a video of that. This Sunday, we created a, a video for Mother's Day where we uh, asked all the dads to videotape the children um, and answering a bunch of questions, you know, just fun questions. Some of it can be humorous, but just finding ways that you can incorporate that into the life of your, uh, your Sunday gathering. Um, is a, a great way to help people feel still relationally connected to the church. Um, I think that's been about 10 minutes, and I know you're, you guys are all running short on time. I got a bunch of other things that I'm happy to share, but Tim, let me punt it back to you. Cool. Hey, uh, thank you guys. I know that's a lot really fast. It's like putting your uh, mouth up to a fire hydrant, um, but that's kind of the goal. And again, if you're overwhelmed, the idea is to get maybe one or two ideas that, that you can run with and uh, the document should help as well. Also, I think we're all available. Uh, if you want, uh, maybe we said something that sparked something, email us, let us know, and we'd love to, uh, to touch, uh, touch base with you. George, I know we're video uh, recording this. Is this going to be available for people to watch if they miss yeah. something? We are going to see how to do that and task Grace with that uh, responsibility to get it ready for us to put up in some way so you can have access to it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, la last thing I'll say, and this was touched on a couple of things is um, as pastors, let's, we, uh, I, I just concur with what was said. We have to really pay attention to our own uh, mental health and our mental well being. I think uh, whatever we're feeling, our folks are feeling even more. And so we owe it to ourselves to, to make sure that we're in a healthy spot and would encourage you. If you don't have someone uh, to talk to on a regular basis to check in with how you're doing. I think that's really, really uh, important. And so uh, let's make, make sure that we're healthy so that we can lead our people um, through this really difficult uh, time as well. And so um, thank you guys for joining us. You'll hear more. Um, yeah, George, do you have one more thing? 
Yeah, I, I do want to just say a, a great shout out to Fernando, pastor in Madrid, Spain, who dialed in. Tom Richter from Alabama. Zach Spann, a good friend from Alabama. Chuck Stebbins, a member of Colts Neck Church when I was there as, the, as his pastor now in Virginia. Thank you all for that, that dialed in. Next Friday will be our prayer time. Uh, we are inviting North Carolina to join us because they've been such a great partner with us. And then Tim and I are talking about the next Zoom, probably in two weeks or so, it'll be about reopening or relaunching. So just wanted you yeah. to know that. Awesome. Yep. In two weeks, you'll, you'll be getting more information about that as well. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. I am going to close us out in prayer and uh, hope to see you next time. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for each and every person that's on this call. And it's, uh, it's almost overwhelming to hear all these ideas. And yet, um, God, I just pray that you would just put uh, your peace on us. And uh, God, that you would just uh, today uh, nurture our souls and help us to be in a in a good place with you and in a place where we can lead others um, into health. And God, we we have a chance now as your church to be uh, the hands and feet of Jesus in a way that uh, maybe we haven't experienced in our lifetime. I pray that we approach that uh, soberly and just with um, intentionality and with excitement about what you uh, could do in and through this crisis. We pray that we can be a church that points people to the hope that is found in you and you alone. Uh, God, just uh, be with us today and just uh, uh, give us wisdom in those next steps of what it looks like to lead uh, your church uh, during this time. God, thank you again for this time. We love you. It's the name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said, amen. amen.